Hello and welcome Behind the Marquee, the podcast where we talk about everything that's going on inside and outside the world of art house and independent cinema, specifically the Michigan and State Theater. My name is Nick and I'm the programming and media coordinator for the Michigan State Theater. Uh, and I'm joined by two guests. Well, one guest who also works at the Michigan Theater and one now former employee of the, the Michigan State Theater. Please introduce yourself and tell us who you are. Hello, this is Ariel Wan. I am the Director of Programs and Marketing. Hey, my name is Nadine Persigosha-Mass. I'm a free agent, <laughs> but in a former life, I was, I was a house manager at the Michigan and State Theaters. Thank you both for being here, especially Nadim, for yeah, giving us your 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 now my, all your free time now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's my uh, my last go round, my last rodeo, if Ooh. you will. So today on the podcast, we are going to be diving into our October uh, our, our October calendar. Really, we have a lot going on in October. There are a lot of First, uh, limited run in specialty screenings, specifically this month. Uh, you know, there's a lot of films that have p- been on the festival circuit for a while and finally found a home uh, at the, the Michigan State and other independent theaters across the, the country. Like, you know, uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, Tel Aviv on Fire, uh, then uh, Manos. Uh, so it's, and then we have a, as we always do, we have a ton of specialty programs on top of first runs and live events. So let's just get into it here. I mean, I think the first first off, we should really talk about the, let's start with the big film that we just opened this week, Joker. And Nadim, you saw Joker. You, you liked it? We did. Uh, yeah, I think I liked it, but... Uh, I think like any movie these days, it was poisoned by all the hype around it. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think what really got me is a few weeks before we opened it, we learned that it won the Venice Film Festival. Yeah. Like an actual international film festival gave its big prize, <laughs> which has its own special name, the Golden Lion. Mm-hmm. So the Joker now has a Golden Lion mm-hmm. to his name, which is a, not a reality I ever thought we'd live in. <laughs> but and you it, know what? It's like it's not bad. It's not the, a to- totally terrible film. We should say the Golden Lion is not a a, a small award by any means. Yeah. I mean that this has gone that award has gone to The Shape of Water uh, a couple years ago, which went on to win Best Picture. It is a prestigious <laughs> award that went yeah. to that went to well we call it a comic book movie, no, but yeah. it's not necessarily that it seems like, and it's diff- it's very reminiscent of. You know, 1970s New York movies, which yes. I think is, it, it, which uh, it's getting a lot of interest. You know, I think it it, it draws heavily from Taxi Driver, mm-hmm. uh, specifically uh, from Very the much. F- from the main from the protagonist alone, and then you know Mean Streets. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's so it's it has its ties. Although it, it, it's a big budget film, it definitely has its ties to you know New Hollywood and the, that new wave of independent cinema that was released in the 1970s. Yeah, it's very much the moody indie film of the <laughs> DC extended universe, or yeah. whatever they're calling it these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't even know if it will relate ever to any other DC movie. It doesn't look like 
they care really no. about any of that. No, yeah, but, I, th- I think we have a Batman movie coming out in the next couple of years, but it sounds like that they're not attached to each other, as think, far as we know. I think that's a good thing. I think it's probably for the best if Marvel gets their own interconnected universe and DC tries to do something else. Yeah, because <laughs> I don't right. think they'll ever be able to match Marvel or you know the Disney Walt Disney Company on that kind of scale. Mm-hmm. So doing these like independent, singular character pieces is I think the way to go mm-hmm. but yeah I think um, Joaquin Phoenix's performance is amazing mm-hmm. but the the hype for the film really pushed a message of like this movie is dangerous right oh. we can't release this movie mm-hmm. nobody can see this movie it's simply too much for audiences mm-hmm. and I think it um, it really wants to be a movie like that yeah uh, but it it doesn't really have like its bark is so much worse than its bite. Its bite is barely yeah. there. It, it's I've I've seen the yeah. There there's it kind of it, it's it's kind of drawn almost as like a, the forbidden fruit right now mm-hmm. in, in movies. And I've seen that the, the controversy already died down within like the past days. It was re- yeah. re- released yesterday, and it is it, it's getting it's getting it's getting decent reviews still. But it's it's also. Ben, I, I just I'm what I'm trying to say is I don't think that anyone needs to be afraid to go to the movie theaters no, to see this. Absolutely film. not. I mean, if anything, this fear is just like it's its own creation. Yeah. The and there's would, nothing in the movie that would incite violence really. Yeah. I, I think if anything, the but everyone's so up in arms about like incels going to the, the, the involuntary involuntarily celibate like internet cult mm-hmm. using the Joker as like a, a figurehead of mm-hmm. some kind. No. Not at all. Like, mm-hmm. if if you actually see the movie, there's none of that. If anything, the message is more to the left mm-hmm. of like kill the rich. Yeah. But like, even then, what? <laughs> like, did did you see that that sign during the protest that just said resist? No. Yeah. It, no. It's it's very toothless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um. I lost my. Oh yeah. The the this this controversy was really drawn by a lot of people who hadn't seen the movie. I exactly. Think, uh, yeah. Exactly. That's what it all is. It's all just people who haven't seen the movie who mm-hmm. need something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so they just generate these crazy stories. Anyway, uh, I liked it. Yeah. I think if anything, it's a really really good portrait of someone who is already in a really bad place mentally, mm-hmm. getting beaten down and beaten down and beaten down and having bad luck after bad luck. Mm-hmm. And just what that does to really anybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were trying to um, find someone to come talk after one of the screenings. And mm-hmm. currently, we still might. Mm-hmm. Um, we're trying to find people. Apparently, October is like a month of conferences from people at the university. So Yeah, we were um, specifically looking for someone either like a someone who can talk about mental illness to come to the screening mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. someone who works in social work and uh, yeah, as Ariel said apparently in November the fall is a busy month for for social workers and for and for psychologists. Yeah. <laughs> who yeah. Would, who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're still working on it. Keep an eye out on that cuz I th- yeah, as I said, this is a film that definitely draws conversation and provokes conversation mm-hmm. uh which is great to have in 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 the theater and we hope to do something special with yeah. this with this with this film coming up glad to hear it uh so yeah uh, so moving on from the joker we have a lot of specialty programming coming up special specialty screenings what are you most excited about ariel uh <laughs> this is so sad because it's a <laughs> Netflix movie, but we're showing it in theaters. Yes. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Yes. I This film is is a, 
really, I can't believe that this wasn't even confirmed uh, to exist until last August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they really it's, kept it under wraps, it's, which is it, pretty It's a uh, wonder in today's day and yeah. age mm-hmm. that, that, that all of a sudden Vince Gilligan and Aaron Paul, they released photos. like They had already made the movie by the time the trailer <laughs> comes out and it was announced. Yeah. And it was like, by the way, this is coming out in two months. Yeah, I'm really excited for this too. Yeah, yeah. I think we're all rewatching the series. I am. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see what happens, although I really loved how the series ended. And I, I question any attempt to like move beyond that ending. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm I'm absolutely interested to see I, what they're doing. I if if there was anyone else who was making it, I've right. got, they, it's written directed by Vince Gilligan, the creator of Breaking Bad. If it was if if Gilligan didn't have this this input on the film, if, if, he, if he wasn't the writer-director, I would feel that way as well. Yeah. But I, I definitely have trust uh, in, in, in this film. And we really don't know anything about it other than uh, Jesse Pinkman, played by Aaron Paul, is the, is the main character. And apparently uh, Gilligan has said that 10 other characters from the TV show yep. is going to be in it. Yeah, we've seen a few of them in the mm-hmm. trailer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean... We're only showing it for three days. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a Roma situation where they say we're showing it for three days, but then we keep it. Yeah. They're this... just like, that's it. Three days. Yeah. Yeah. This, this is uh, another example of Netflix paying respect to the movie, to the mm-hmm. movie theaters, getting people out out the door and into uh, local independent cinemas like us um, because it is being... Yeah, Netflix produces it. It's going to be on their streaming service, I think, the day, that day. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is terrific that we're able to have this, this film in our theater. And, yeah, as you said, that there's a little bit of precedent uh, with uh, with Roma. Uh, so this is an exciting time. It's yeah. kind, of, kind, of, kind of an experiment. One um, of many to come to the theater, too, from Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're also, I mean, yeah, the, the, the Irishman mm-hmm. is, is going to be something yeah. that uh, hits theaters in November. Yep. A marriage story. A marriage story. That's the Adam Driver. Um, Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson film, yeah. That's also Netflix? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, El Camino. I, I'm, I, I'm excited for it. Another, like, Tigers Are Not Afraid is Oof. another. Yeah, we're playing it for uh, plays October 9th, 10th, and 14th. Um, this is, uh, it's from, uh, from director, uh, Isa Lopez, but it's, uh, you watch the trailer to this and it's, it looks like a Guillermo del Toro yeah. Toro film. It's, it's, it's great. It's great for the, the Halloween season. Uh, and I think, uh, uh, del Toro even spoke with her at, at TIFF and he's been a very vocal advocate for this film. Um, yeah, I, th- that's what I'm really excited about. But, I mean, uh, if we're going to continue talking about specialty screenings, I'm really excited for a couple series uh, that, we, that we programmed uh, at the state. One is uh, our late-night series, uh, Fridays and Saturdays at 10 p.m. Uh, this year. Uh, we're trying something different with, with our late nights. Uh, starting, uh, well, at this time, the time of this podcast is released, Night of the Living Dead, George Romero's uh, really zombie prototype film plays... Uh, will have played October 4th and 5th, but we have Halloween coming up, John Carpenter's Evil Dead 2, uh, and the Blair Witch Project. And what I was what I was doing with this series this time last year, I was pairing the films. So we did, you know, uh, e- Evil Dead followed by Cabin in the Woods. Mm-hmm. Then we did uh, The Exorcist followed by The Babadook. And this year I took more of a historical approach 
to our late night series by really like taking a taking a, a, a horror movie of, of each decade that really turned the genre into something else. So yeah. Night of the Living Dead, 1968 Romero's film. When this film came out, zombies, that wasn't a thing. Mm-hmm. Like, this was this is the first zombie movie. I think yeah. I, when it Revolution. first came out, if you say the word zombie, it evokes, uh, it evoked um, like Haitian voodoo type creatures not really the not really like the undead that we know of know of them today but yeah he i'm I, I think that they call, they call they don't even call them zombies in the film i think they call them ghouls hmm. <laughs> yeah uh and so yeah so they yeah, uh starts off night of the living dead and then halloween uh like you know 10 years later halloween came out and then really created the slasher right the 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 slasher genre um you know, Mike Myers, quintessential uh, horror villain. Uh, and now, you know, um, Jamie Lee Curtis, really the, the first scream queen right. uh, after her mother uh, from Psycho. And then you know, Evil Dead 2, uh, that's uh, October 18th and 19th. That was this horror film that blended comedy into the genre for the first mm. time, really. This is, it became... Uh, and it was also one of the the first you know cult classics that had a life on video on VHS. Uh, you know cult you know, cult films before that, and like not like Night of the Living Dead, they got their they were famous for continu- continuously playing in repertory theaters. But Evil Dead Two uh, that more survived based on VHS, and it's such a fun film to see with a crowd. I'm excited for that one. And then the Blair Witch Project. You know, ten years after that, um, the first found footage film, and that was a that 1999. That that movie is uh, another great film to see with a crowd. That movie screws me up every time I watch <laughs> it. It's so terrifying. It's the only one of these movies that like scares me personally. Yeah, the the the, the, the I I think the Blair Witch Project scares me more. Not because you don't really see anything in the film. That's kind yeah. of, and that's why it's so terrifying that everything your the audio is so important mm. for this film, which is why you know watching in surround. I'm excited to watch its surround sound, the speakers everywhere, because you you're hearing you're hearing like like branches hit against trees and you know, antlers clicking. It's is it surround a, sound? Did they have a? Did the three teams well, I mean, bring a sound I mean, surround, surround sound, sound uh, is like recorder the surround, them or like the sound surrounding you, oh, right. not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> to yeah. the I left. think, I think yeah. that would give the game away if they had like brought a full surround sound recorder <laughs> into the woods with them. But yeah, and because you don't see anything, you're kind of wondering, is this actually something supernatural that's happening to them? Or is it just people in the woods messing with these folks? Right. And that terrifies me more, honestly, mm-hmm. is that there's like, the, there's these, I don't know, they, they, they reference deliverance a few times in the film. Like, do our, our hillbillies just in the woods screwing mm-hmm. with yeah. us? Yeah, and that, that's what screws me up more than actually thinking there's a witch. Uh, yeah, late nights, I'm excited about them. And then we have Doctoberfest. Um, one screening in particular that we have coming up, October 23rd, A Murder in Mansfield. We are going to be joined via Skype uh, by one of the on-screen subject, Collier Landry. What is A Murder in Mansfield about? Ooh, it's a great, <laughs> chilling documentary um, about Collier Landry's family. Uh, his dad, I guess, uh, you know, he murdered his wa- his mom. Mm-hmm or allegedly murder because he's never admitted to it. Mm-hmm. And so it's um, Collier 
um, going, it, it follows him going back to Mansfield, his hometown, um, to talk to the people because he was only a, a, a young kid when this was happening mm-hmm. um, and to kind of, you know, learn about what really happened and uh, all the stories. And he's meeting, you know, the sheriff that was in charge at the time, um, his like neighbors, you know, like what the true story was, because his dad never admitted to the murder and kept saying that, like, he didn't do it. He didn't do it, even though all of the obvious evidence says that he did this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it he um, confronts his father in prison um, and he's talking to him and you just kind of see what I think a sociopath looks like on screen Mm -hmm. and just the two of them having this conversation and he's just confronting his dad and it's something that he hasn't done ever so this is like this first time him reliving everything and uh, you know and how it affected his family Um, he had an adoptive sister whom he doesn't know where she is now because after the parents like one went to jail one died they split up the kids and they were in foster care so it's just really really chilling, really messed up, and just kind of amazing that Collier kind of took us on a journey with mm-hmm. him to explore such a personal thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is Mansfield, Ohio, so it's not really far from here either. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I, I saw this movie, I think, two years ago at Cleveland, and he was there in person along with, um, like, the detective that worked there. And um, it was just, it was a really crazy Q&A. So I'm really excited that he's able to join us via Skype to... Because I know, like, wow. people are going to watch this yeah. movie and have so many questions because this is his life. That sounds really intense for him. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He he's he's an he's an incredibly engaging personality as well, which is why I'm so excited to have uh, him for this uh, live uh, live video Q and A. He lives in Los Angeles now, so it was a bit a bit difficult for him to come here. But uh, but yeah, we will be talking with him. Uh, you you see in you see in the documentary he's an incredibly intelligent human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, a lot of the footage from his father's court trial he at the at the time in Mansfield, it people were very shocked by he was an extremely bright, coherent. Oh my, he's eight or ten years yeah, old or something right, like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's talking on the on the witness stand. Like he's like he's like he's an adult. Right. It's really incredible. Footage. Yeah, they, um, I mean they're they're an affluent family, mm-hmm. um, so I'm sure that has something to do with it. But yeah, he's incredibly well spoken for how young he was, and but you know just the fact that he was that young, he wasn't really able to process exactly what happened to his life. Mm-hmm. And now, like as an adult, he's like, come with me as I go through therapy. You know, yeah. like by, <laughs> through through exploration and film. Yeah. So yeah, a murder in Mansfield again. That's October twenty third. Part of a, a whole series of uh, documentaries at the state called Oktoberfest, uh, starting with Brewmaster. Uh, yeah, yeah. It'll this Wednesday, uh, October 9th. It's a film about the rise of craft, the craft beer industry, and then John McEnroe in the realm of perfection, which I I this, I used that film as my movie magic moment uh, about. A month ago or something, a couple episodes ago, October sixteenth, Murder in Mansfield, October twenty third, and then Memory: The Origins of Alien I'm on October thirtieth. That's a, a film about the history of the film Alien, I think. And uh, I, each with each film, we're also going to be trying something where we're we're pairing each documentary with a different beer, because uh, a part of this whole series is that we want you to. These are all very 
discussion worthy films so we want you to come we want you to to talk about the movie afterwards because there's so much to say about each of them so the brewmaster we have an oktoberfest from north peak um and then uh, the john macro in the realm of perfection we have the it's a france's number one beer cronenberg 1664 uh, because this film is extremely French. I think I think that that's what I use. That's what I talked about in my movie Magic Moment is that you think that this is a really, you, it's not, you look at it and you think this is a, your typical sports documentary. Mm-hmm. I know John McEnroe, but this is something so completely different. And so I, I called it meditative. It's a, it's a very quiet documentary and you really like zone in on John McEnroe and try to figure out who he is as yep. a person and what, uh, what the camera does to someone who is being constantly watched as as he was uh, a murder in Mansfield or getting a, a a beer from brew dog brewed in Ohio for mur- a murder in Mansfield it's a hazy hazy Jane IPA uh, and then memory origins of alien founders Porter just something dark for your <laughs> yeah. for your late October space yeah that's night. appropriate <laughs> yeah so yeah we have a uh, some exciting series yeah. coming up. Kudos on the name as well. Yeah. <laughs> that, honestly, I'll just say uh, that, that's how the the series started with the name. Yeah, yeah br- brilliant, brilliant. That's how everything good starts with the name. <laughs> <laughs> and I believe our our colleagues in Belcourt, uh, they did. They, I think that they, they took a different approach to how they did the the series, but the the name October was something that the Belcourt Theater in Nashville did and then we just added a fest to it to mm-hmm. make it a festival yeah to add the beer yeah to add the beer <laughs> you know yeah the, we, we could keep i mean we could we could talk come pick up uh, one of the, our beautiful newsletters that's what we've been reading off of this entire time designed by our uh, designer taylor pendleton shout out to taylor shout come, out. uh there's so much going on in october that we can't we could just go for on and on talking about everything that's happening in October. Miles Davis, Birth of the Cool. That was a Cinetopia pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that uh, our audiences really enjoyed. That's just uh, it was a, a 2019 Sundance film that we brought <clears throat> to Cinetopia, you know, about the life of Miles Davis. Manos opens October 18th. This is like kind of like a Lord of the Flies yeah. film. Pretty intense. I've heard a lot of buzz about this one from my friends in New York, actually. Manos? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Manos. Okay. I, I, I personally actually haven't, haven't seen it, but it was something that we uh, I, I heard about a lot at Sundance, you know, just standing in line with people. Like, did you see, <clears throat> you know, people talking about the film Manos? What have you heard about it? Just Oh, just, just that just it's amazing things. and that, like, I shouldn't know anything about it before I start watching it. I get the impression about that as yeah. well. I think yeah. it I think it's going I think it's a pretty intense film though. So yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh Lucy in the Sky. This is an uh, Natalie the Natalie Portman film loosely based on a on a real life story. We don't have to get I think and I say <clears throat> loosely. I think it's very loosely. Ba- I think it was maybe right. inspired by yes. uh, by, a, by a true story but not necessarily yeah. a, a, a biographic film. Yeah, and every time I mention the film to someone who's like in their 40s, 50s, they're like Oh, about that astronaut lady that drove across the country in her in a diaper, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Would have made a great biopic. <laughs> I think that the, yeah, the, the, this film takes on a more uh, ethereal approach to that story. I think that she's just she, she's someone who is in space, and then when she lands, when she gets back to Earth, you know, I, 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 how 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 do you how do you cope? With the 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 
knowing how large the universe right. is after right. you've been in space and then you're like you're you're grounded right uh right. like literally and psychologically mm-hmm. just grounded now yeah it, i think it, it's it sounds like a really interesting character study you know john john ham and zazie beats zazie beats is having a great moment right now i say a moment but it, it, this has lasted for she's just showing up in everything she's in joker you know <coughs> sorry uh, Atlanta, Deadpool. You know, she's. Uh, I, sh- I think she's a great actress, and I'm excited to see her in more stuff. <coughs> All right, I'm done with that. Uh, you know, First Love uh, is a. Uh, it's. It looks so fun. Um, if you watch the trailer for it on our website, mishtheater.org, mm-hmm. um, it it's a, it's like a noir, noir yakuza film. Yeah, I mean, it just looks hilarious and amazing, and I love anything that has martial arts fighting, and it just looks like it's like you know like a, a bo- <laughs> what is it? It's a boxer that ends up getting involved with the yakuza by accident because he saved some random pretty girl on the street. Yeah. Like <laughs> it's hilarious and very violent. Wonderful. Yes. <laughs> And then, I mean, I'm just going to start listing things now. The Rocky Horror Picture Show is coming back for another year. Nosferatu, our, our uh, annual Halloween... Silent film. Silent film uh, with live organ, organ accompaniment. <coughs> now that the organ is... Yeah, that'll be the first <coughs> time that the uh, organ will be played on since its restoration. So um, it's going to be a really <coughs> big and exciting... Um, screening and performance because you'll get to hear what a newly restored and renovated organ sounds like. And this restoration has been happening for like two, three years now. Yeah. It's finally done. Um, mm-hmm. So we're really excited for Nosferatu. I'll be happy to hear the sounds of the organ in the main theater again. Yes. I, don't yeah. know. I didn't realize it's how much missed. I missed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then uh, finally, I mean, uh, one of the big things that we have to talk about is the Michigan Theater is celebrating... Our 40th anniversary as a nonprofit. Yeah. So that's going to be October 23rd. um, And it's going to be a big celebration. We have some member events going on prior to the film. um, But the film starts at 730. And it is a documentary about um, movie palaces in America and how... You know, a lot of them were killed off by cineplexes and television. And and then it talks about some of the movie palaces that have endured and still exist, like the Michigan Theater. And we are featured in this documentary. And one of our former employees, Barbara Twist, shout out to Barbara, is a talking head in this documentary. So it'll be really fun um, to watch this documentary. And I know that um, prior to the uh, film starting, we're also going to do like a quick intro and discussion about um, the Michigan Theater's uh, 40th anniversary and how we started as a nonprofit, who the major players were in, you know, saving the theater and yeah. then helping to restore the theater the first time and then restoring the theater the second time and, you know, all the awards and accolades that we receive because of, you know, really the community coming together to save this gem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. This is going to be such a, a fantastic <clears throat> original event a lot of you know it's it's it really is it's it's going to be a celebration uh mm-hmm. and it's going to be great to hear all those those stories yeah and i'm actually i'm putting together a slideshow of um <laughs> photos of the theater 
um, in the past 40 years. So I'm going to be digging up some archival photographs, um, some pictures of some people that we know who currently work there, but what they looked like 37, 40 years ago. Wow. So that'll be fun. <coughs> I'm going to go get a drink of water because I cannot stop coughing. No. So we're going to cut all this out. All right. Okay. Unless you want to keep talking. Oh, Ariel, yeah. how are you doing? I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. How's your day been? Oh, it's so busy. <laughs> all right, so I'm back. Um, we're going to cut all that out. <coughs> this was sponsored <clears throat> by... What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you're not going to hear me cough anymore. So we, we have, <clears throat> as I said, we have so much going on at the Michigan. Uh, come pick up our newsletter, you know, not just for kids series coming up. Magic, the Magic School Bus. And Spirited Away, you know, Matilda, uh, and of course uh, some MT, MT Live uh, presentations that are happening with UMS. So before we start wrapping this episode up here, we're going to get to our movie magic moments of the week. And this is where we talk about <clears throat> something that, as we say, reminded us why we love movies and that we can recommend to you. So, Nadim, what have you got? Oh, I saw I saw a movie. Ooh, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> okay, I saw a crazy movie. When when did we do the last episode? That was like a month ago. A month ago, right? ago yeah. Okay, so I saw this soon after we recorded that one. Um, I saw this actually on Art House Theater Day. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, it's a movie called In Fabric mm-hmm. that we played on Art House Theater Day, which is <clears throat> my birthday, and uh, it was really not like anything I was expecting. It's a it's a story about very loosely a dress that murders people, <laughs> but it's more about like the people that it whose lives are affected mm-hmm. by the dress. But um, my movie magic moment from that movie was when I got to see two very fancy ladies up in a warehouse performing I who even knows what on a mannequin while <laughs> the owner of the of the store uh, looked on in wonder. <laughs> and that's all I'll say about that. <laughs> Have you guys seen the movie? Yeah. Fabric? Yeah. Uh, this is uh, this is our audience, uh, our audience award winner. It's an it's a, Honestly, I would give it many awards. It's, <laughs> it's a really fun, unique movie. It is a unique, very singular a, style. Yeah. You don't see movies about killer dresses that often. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Especially not movies with this much uh, atmosphere, like yeah. a very thick, grimy British mm-hmm. 1980s atmosphere. Yeah, it was very a very dry British horror comedy, but it had this, like you said, that the atmosphere has this aesthetic to it. It's, it's, it's reminiscent of uh, uh, you know Italian Italian horror yeah. films, very much. In I was the, thinking of like the old like British what they called like kitchen sink movies, like Peeping Tom. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Really like gross and uncomfortable, <laughs> but great and so much fun to watch. Really, from a twenty four, and I believe that film is getting a, a it's getting released into theaters in December. Mm-hmm. So if uh, be on the lookout for that one, <laughs> uh, Ariel, what have you got? Um, so you know because I have a one year old at home, mm-hmm. my opportunities to go out and see <laughs> movies are very limited. Um, but the one. Um, a, a limited series that I watched recently on Netflix was When They See Us, 
And that was a documentary about the Exonerated Five, although at the time they were the Central Park yeah. Five. Mm. Um, and it's a four-part series, a uh, four-part episode series. And it's, um, it's it, you're sick watching it. Yeah. Like, you know, when uh, my, my husband's like, you want to continue watching this? I'm like, ugh. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, it's, like, I'm just so mad when I watch it. Just the, how it happened, what they did and forced these kids to say and just the their experiences in prison um the my movie magic moment from this was the uh, last episode where um Jarell Jerome who won best actor at the Emmys this year for his portrayal of Kevin Wise um his performance, like, you know, a lot of the movies that we watch nowadays have a lot of production behind it. And, yeah. you know, it's magical because of the movie making magic. And this one was magical just purely on performance. Mm-hmm. He's the uh, only actor who re- played the child version and the adult version. And just his, um, the story, oh, sorry, his name's not Kevin Wise. I'm so sorry. It's Corey Wise. Um, but the whole thing about Corey is that in order to stay alive in prison, because he was the only kid that was put in an adult prison, he was tried as an adult, um, for him to stay safe, um, he voluntarily put himself in solitary confinement. And so there's just long scenes of just him and him keeping and losing his sanity while he is in solitary confinement. Mm -hmm. And you just see him in this small, like small little room. And there's this one moment where the AC stopped working and it's the summer and it's so hot and he's hallucinating because it's so hot. Mm -hmm. And he's just, you know, like begging and staring at this like AC vent to have some air come through. And you are like sweating and being uncomfortable while you're watching him. Like, you know, it's just the frame is just like his face. It's like looking down on him and his face and he's just like so frustrated and you're so frustrated. And then the moment when the AC finally kicks back on and you see his relief, you realize that you've been holding your breath this entire time while watching this guy. Just it it just it was so it was such a great series. It's so important, I think, to um, watch it uh, because afterwards, you watch like the actual footage that was taken from the actual event and the yeah. actual interrogations. And then you realize that it's like word for word what the film people were saying. Yeah. So you're just like, this can't be real. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the actual recordings and interviews and you're just like, oh, that makes this worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's the name of it again? When They See Us. When They See Us. Mm-hmm. That sounds like, where, where did you watch that? Is that on Netflix? Netflix? Yeah. Ava DuVernay. Oh, it's of course. Film. I, I, I've heard of this that series in conversation, but I, I haven't actually yeah. sought out to check it out. Yeah, so that's on Netflix. It's it's so it's so hard to watch, but it's so important to watch because sure. it's it's a true story. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they even have like an after kind of thing where they have all the cast and um, the a- the real Exonerated Five and just them talking about it and it was beautiful and when I saw mm. that they were also at the Emmys I started crying <laughs> oh I'm sure yeah. yeah that sounds incredible I'm, I'm definitely going to check that one out mm-hmm. when they see us <clears throat> my movie magic moment this is going to be my third time using the same movie as my movie <laughs> magic moment but that's cheating yeah I, I've seen it in different ways each time uh, I saw the Empire Strikes Back <laughs> 
at the Detroit Symphony what? Orchestra. What is that movie? <laughs> <laughs> it's a, this, this small little sci-fi series, Empire Strikes Back. Oh. Yeah. Uh, when, did it, when did it come out? Uh, it came out in 1980. Oh, and... that's, that's before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, the Detroit Symphony Orchestra played the film with live orchestra accompaniment. And I mean, just hearing, uh, the, the, specifically if, if I'm going to talk about one moment in, in, this, in, this, in this production, it was just hearing the Fox fanfare at the very beginning, oh, cool. followed by you know the, the blare of that first note in the yeah. Star Wars theme. That was incredible uh, it, itself. But the, the, I like Empire Strikes Back is my favorite uh, of the series a lot because of the music. The music mm-hmm. matches the tone of the film so, so uniquely and so, so perfectly. Just like when, when they're in the asteroid field, the music is just chaotic and frantic. And just hearing that blare at you as as you're watching it on screen it just it affects the the film uh, so much so much more so yes i won't i won't go on about empire strikes back any longer <laughs> I mean, because... john williams is like he's the master yeah 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 i it's think so, I mean, so incredible i think once he dies that will be the end of maybe i don't know the third era of film yeah. in this country mm-hmm. if we call like you know the silent era and then Hollywood studios, and then mm-hmm. everything kind of bled together. Mm-hmm. But I think John Williams's work has kind of overshadowed all of it, and he's such a because music is such a hard to pin down part of a movie experience. But his mm-hmm. work has really been influential and heard in pretty much everything mm-hmm. for the past you know quarter century. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He, you, there's not uh, if you just ask the general public, name name a name a movie composer. Yeah. You're, they're probably going to say John Williams. <laughs> yeah, right. a, there's there's not too many household music composer names. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, uh, I suggest you go. Uh, last year, last year they did the first Star Wars film with orchestra accompaniment. I didn't see that this year. They do Empire Strikes Back. It sounds like they're doing they're doing something there. Yeah. So I'm, I wonder I'm gonna, what the third one will be. They're going to show the Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> So I suggest you you check that out next year, uh, probably when they do uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. Uh, thank you both for being here, Nadim. Your last podcast, my last podcast. No, it's been it's been fun. Uh, maybe maybe I'll be around. I don't know. Maybe. I don't know. No comment. <laughs> Who knows? Thank you, thank you both uh, for being here. Thank yeah. you to the Ann Arbor District Library for letting us take over their space uh, one more time. Thank you to Matt, who's thank in you, the booth. Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're gonna be back in your ears in another month. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're going to be talking about more movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, I, I'd like to try something. Um, so the Michigan Theater is um, hiring two positions right now. Um, Full time, we are looking for a sponsorship director. Uh, and this person will work in the development department and they will be responsible for um, working with our great uh, community businesses, area businesses, and also corporate businesses that um, support the theater through sponsorship. And so um, the sponsorship director is a very important role and we are currently hiring for that position. Uh, and the second position is going to be in my department, which is programs and marketing. And we are hiring a digital 
um, marketing coordinator. And this person is going to be responsible for all of our social media, uh, email, web updating, um, search engine optimization, and all the fun digital marketing things. Um, so both of these jobs, you can uh, apply for them online. You can Google search them through Indeed or, you know, whatever search uh, engine you want to use. And also mishtheater.org slash jobs. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, come join our team. It's a, it's a good place. We're fun. Come, come. Uh... Yeah, I can personally vouch for the team. It's very fun. <laughs> yes, we have a lot of fun. Thanks for listening. Uh, send us an email, btmpod at gmail.com. Find us on social media, Michigan and State Theater. Uh, that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening and hope to thank you for joining us behind the marquee. Yay. See ya. <laughs>